Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. How are you all? For those of you I haven't seen for uh, this year, Happy New Year, and uh, pray God's blessings upon your life. Such a beautiful sense of God's presence. God wants to speak to you. God wants to, to minister to you. It's good to have the young people here. How many people were here last Sunday, by the way? Who was here last Sunday? What a wonderful sense of God. We had uh, David Dowry come and, and, and minister God's word, and he's always good. But he just completely knocked it out of the park. And he began to talk about prayer and the power of prayer and how it can affect uh, people's lives. And I know I got a lot out of it, but beyond that, I had numbers of people coming up to me and saying during the worship, and, and I'm sure it's happened even today, uh, I saw a picture of this and I saw an image of this and uh, it just random, random at the end of the service. And one man came up to me at the end of the service. He doesn't do this all that often, so I always take it. I know him well. And, and he said as he was praying, as he was worshipping, he looked down and he saw people who had scars on their hands. And the scars represented what had happened to them in the past. And when they looked at the scars, they felt so unworthy. They felt so unqualified. They felt they couldn't be used of God and he felt the pain of that and then he heard the voice of God saying to him but see notice the scars have been healed and those scars that past has no more power over you in fact those scars will position you exactly where God wants you to be so therefore do not step back but step into everything that God has for you how many received that you know, that's for somebody here today. And I believe that God is continually wanting to speak to us through visions and pictures and, of course, through His Word, which must have preeminence over everything. You may be seated. God bless you. Just before I come to the Word of God, and, and I just want to share with you about our services. And, you know, you know that through January, we've had one service, and it's been the whole church family coming together. And uh, what we've noticed is this, that there's some real benefits of being together as a church family and, and just praying together at the beginning of the service. We had a 9.30 service, and what, what a wonderful thing that was. And literally, by the end of it, there was 100 people in the room. And, and then worshiping together and, and hearing the Word of God together and, and even just even the, the different generations. We've got usually, the, put it this way, the younger ones always come in the second service. They, they never, go, never come to the first because they never wake up. And, and, and so you know, just to have the different generations in the room. And we began thinking about this and, and the reality is that you may or may not know we're meeting here in Bandura, but... We now have two strong churches, in one in Craigieburn and one in Doreen. And what's happened is that people from our church who used to regularly attend here are now meeting there. I meet them all the time. I go, oh, you, oh you've left us. <laughs> oh, you think that Pastor Mark is better than me. You know, all this sort of thing. They make them feel guilty. And they're like, ah, of course, it's fine. Yeah, because they live in the area. And so... You know, we, we, we're coming then to a, a decision, and that is that we, we, 
believe that Bandura needs to build strength. It needs to build strength for the moment, uh, also strength in the area of volunteers, because there's something uh, wonderful about building strength, and before you do anything else, you need to have strength in the house, amen? Now, I look around here, and I'm thinking, like, where did you all come from, by the way? Uh, you know, you all come back from holidays, and that it's wonderful. So, looking toward the future, we believe that God wants to grow the house. How many believe that? Because God is adding to us all the time. But when it comes to then taking the next step, not really sure what to do yet. And so we're just praying it through. It could be that uh, the next step will be a Saturday night service or the next step may be a, a Sunday night service. But we want to move in God's timing. We want to do that which is best. Amen. But in the meantime, I must say, enjoying just having the whole church family together Worship God, just a great sense of excitement. You understand that? Yeah, you feel that in the room? Just great sense of excitement, a great sense of joy, and a great sense of faith and anticipation. So I do want to apologize. And I do apologize if that sort of caused a little bit of inconvenience. You know, because some, some of you came along to uh, an earlier service. We're just trying to do the right thing. We're just trying to get the mind of the Lord. And just be, be patient, and let's just see which way it goes. Amen? Is it, can I get an amen here? Amen? It's all about doing the right thing in the right season. Okay. Today, I want to actually, which leads into really my, my message really today. Today, I want to speak about a subject that I've entitled, Bring Back Family. Bring Back Family. But as soon as I say that, you may, be, you may misinterpret where I'm going to go. You know, the God describes the church in many different ways in the Word of God. The church is described as a body, and we are many members. The church is described as an army, and we are devout soldiers. The church is described as a temple, which is filled with the Holy Spirit. All these different types of images which are in the Scripture. But there's one very strong image in the, in the New Testament that is repeated over and over again, and that is that the church is God's family. Let me, let me share with you as I build my case, and then I, I share with you some, some highlights. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Read it with me. Be devout, devoted to one another in brotherly love. The New Century Virgin says, love each other like brothers and sisters. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, read it with me. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens. In other words, you're not out there, you know, isolated. No, you have been brought in, says, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. And read with me now, members of God's or the household of God or members of the family of God. Listen to this one. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Never speak harshly to an older man. But appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Talk to older women as you would your, your mother. Treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. The concept of family is right in Scripture and it's repeated over and over again. So today I'm going to answer the question... What does a healthy church family look like? And how should I conduct myself as a member of God's family? 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw some parallels from natural family to spiritual family. I'm going to go from the lesser to the greater. So you're ready to go on this journey. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. Okay. Because we've got to bring back family. We've got to bring back family into the church. Number one, healthy church families are very accepting. Listen to this. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says, Accept or welcome one another just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Everybody say accept. I come from a European family. And so I'm going to draw some uh, lessons from our Europe, my European family. But what I've noticed is this, that, that these lessons apply to all international families, no matter where you come from. It, it just seems to be there's a common thread. When you are invited to a European family to come to lunch or dinner, you are no longer treated as a guest. You are treated as family. I wonder if we had the same sort of culture in the church, that when a new person came in, they were not treated like a stranger, but they were treated as part of family. I wonder what that would do to the church. I tell you, that would revolutionize the church. So we need to accept one another. Why do we need to accept one another? Because all of us have got faults. All of us. Listen to... You know, listen to a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. No, there are no perfect people in this church. We only have imperfect people being transformed by a perfect God. There is no perfect people. So therefore, we are being transformed. Jesus put it this way. He said, don't look at the speck in the other person's eye, but look at the log in your own eye. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, be patient with one another making allowances for each other's faults. Everybody. Everybody. So secondly, why do we accept people? Because we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. We, come, we have different opinions and viewpoints. Uh, we, we, we have a different story to tell. But different isn't a weakness. In fact, it's a strength. Have you ever noticed that when two people marry, that usually they attract opposites? If you have a look at your, if those of you who are married, if you look at your husband, look at your wife, generally they have different strengths to you, but, but it brings spice. It brings balance. It brings love. It brings perspective into that relationship. So different isn't bad, but you have to accept the fact that they're different from you. If you try to change them to be like you, you are in big trouble. It never, ever works. Never works. Why do we need to accept one another? Because God uses other people to shape you. Now this one you may like or may not like. God allows difficult people into your life like the analogy is like sandpaper. So that they will rub off those rough edges off you. You know, if somebody is rubbing you up the wrong way, Probably they've been sent by God to do a work in you. And if you try to run away from them, let me tell you by experience, God will send them somewhere else. Another name, another location, because God still has a work to do in you. Heavenly sandpaper. You know, I attribute my patience in ministry to a difficult family member. 
I'm not going to tell you who it is. And it's not my immediate family member. Don't you think of Lois. Some of you have been thinking about, that's another story. No, it's an extended family member who came to live in our home for 16 years. And God caused our two worlds to collide. But God in his genius knew that one day that I would be pastoring people, some of them easy, some of them not so easy. And so in his genius, he put her in my life. And let me tell you, when our worlds collided, there were sparks flying. But to be fair, I wasn't, I was not without fault myself. So God was doing a work inside of me. And as I think of this particular person who will remain nameless because she's in heaven now. She taught me tolerance. She taught me forgiveness. She taught me acceptance. She taught me, she taught me all these different things. The reality is that at the end of her life, she came to me and she said, uh, will you please forgive me? I'm sorry. Will you do my funeral? And it was my honor to be able to speak at her funeral, and say a eulogy about her. You see, God can, can do that in, in relationships, but how many know what I'm talking about, that God sometimes brings people into your life that are like sandpaper? Do I have an amen here? You give me a hand. Some of you are really nodding your head. Just look at me. Don't look to the left and don't look to the right, okay? Because they might be in this room. God does that. The difficult person could actually be the key to your future. Listen to me. God is making you and God is shaping you if you respond appropriately to them. Let's bring back family. We got to bring, everybody said, let's bring back family. A place of acceptance. A place of acceptance. Secondly, healthy church, church families are very encouraging. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, read it with me. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as in fact you are doing. There are two things you can be absolutely sure in life. Number one, everybody goes through hard times. Everybody goes through difficulty. And number two, everybody needs encouragement. The word encourage means to put courage back into a person. It, the Greek word there is parakaleo, which is, means to come alongside, to comfort, to support. And if anywhere that needs to be in place, it needs to be in the church. Not out in the world. Here is where it needs to be taking place more than any other place in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says, in the Passion Translation, love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. 11-year-old boy was working in a factory in Naples, Italy. His desire was to be a singer. And so he was sent to a singing teacher, a very well-known singing teacher, and after a little bit of time, the singing teacher said, you know what, son, you need to stop coming. You ain't got it. You haven't got it. And then he said to the mother, will you please stop sending him? You're wasting your money. But mom saw something in him and kept encouraging him, kept encouraging him. Son, he said, listen to me. I see something in you. 
And one day, the world is going to take notice. One day, the world did take notice. His name was Enrico Caruso, the most famous singer of his generation. You see, the power of encouragement. Encouragement is like, it's, it's almost like giving oxygen to a soul. It's like throwing a life buoy to, out to somebody who's drowning. It does something within them. Yes, people need to be corrected, but double the amount of time they need to be encouraged. Can I have an amen? They need that. So here's a few challenging questions for you. Are you an encourager or a discourager? Do you see the faults or do you see the potential? In your home, is your home a place of building up others or tearing down others? How do you speak to your wife? How do you speak to your husband? Is it in a positive way? Now, look, come on. We all have. Let's be honest. But I mean, overall, is it to lift them up or to tear them down? Who have you encouraged today? Every day we need to ask ourselves that question because as God's people, we are called to encourage those who are around us. Thank God for this mother who encouraged Enrico. You see, when you encourage another person, it's almost like you're speaking a word of prophecy over their life. When it's well-placed, when you are discerning, you're like bringing out what's inside of them. It unlocks something within their lives. Let's bring back family, the church, as a place of encouragement. Where we go around, not just here, but at the end of the service, and we're looking for opportunity to speak life to speak help, to encourage, to lift up. That's what we're called to do. Number three, healthy church families eat together. You knew I was going to get to this one, didn't you? If you know anything about you know, me, I, I love my food. They eat together. John 21 verse 9, it says, And they, the disciples, got on land, and they saw a charcoal fire, in place with fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. Now, let me explain here. Jesus really, the, the, the disciples are his spiritual family. And he's saying, come and eat. Come, let's eat together. The early church, we understand they spent a lot of time eating together. They went from house to house. They had meals together. There was a lot of hospitality. Italians would have loved it. Europeans would have loved it. Africans would have loved it. Indians would have loved it. It was a wonderful place. It's beautiful. I mean, I'm, I'm a simple man. I know this, that families that eat together stay together. They stay together. And the meeting point is often the, the dinner table. You know, let me just make a point here. I was reading somewhere that in England that they're barely selling dinner tables. They're not needed. People are sitting and eating their meal on the lounge. There's something wrong when you start moving away from the dinner table where everybody comes together. See, a healthy, a healthy family meets together at the dinner table. About a couple of weeks ago, I was in Doreen and I was, I'm meeting different people and this lady comes up to me and she introduces herself and gives me a bit of a background about how she found the Lord and, and she says... Um, Oh, you're Italian, are you? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm Italian by background. And, 
He says, oh, when I was younger, I lived in Fitzroy and there was an Italian woman who was next door and, and she would often, she would say to me, come over, come, come, always food for you. Mancha, 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 fatte grossa, you know, eat, eat, become fat, come and eat, come and eat. That's the Italian, that's the European, that's, I know it's in many of your different cultures, there's something about hospitality, it's just something beautiful about, nothing makes an Italian mama more happy when you eat her food and you tell her how, how much her food, how much, how good it is. When you go to an Italian home, it's not like you have to ask. It says, mia casa e tua casa. My house is your house. If you ask, you know, really, and I don't know what the northerners are like, but in the southern part of Italy and in Europe, and I'm not saying it, there in lots of, lots of international families, you don't ask for food. If you were to say, can I have an apple? Say, what's wrong for you? Your family here. You have whatever you like. You want to go to the fridge, you eat from the fridge. You do whatever you want. Your family here. You know what I'm saying? Your family. And when the food comes out, whoa, it's not just one, one course. It's two, three, four. It just keeps on coming. There's enough to eat for a month in that place. And when you leave, they package up all the food. And they say, here, this is for you later. You got go to go to some of these families. Fantastic. Healthy families eat together. But can I just bring a little bit more of a spiritual take on this? As much as it's essential to eat natural food, it's much more essential to eat spiritual food. And do you know what's actually happening here today? We, as God's family, are eating together. We have been invited by the Father to come into his house and to eat together, to eat of the manna from heaven, to receive a word from God. Because the word of God says to me, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. There we receive from God. This From all parts of Melbourne, I don't know where you come from, there's a mama and there's a papa. And there's a grandpa and there's a grandma and there's a little children and making a lot of noise and all that sort of thing. But that's family. When we come together on a Sunday, this is the family of God coming together. This is not a congregation. This is not just a, a place where you visit and you come in and you go out. This is family. This is family. Let's bring back family. Because I think somewhere we've lost the whole tenure of Scripture. Who are we? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And let me tell you, this is what I know about my own family. I had a little, my little granddaughter running around before in the prayer meeting. She didn't know exactly what to do, you know. But I now have three grandchildren. And, and most of you will know on a Tuesday I look after them. And I look after them. <laughs> Lois looks after them. I help. I just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I kind of lend a hand every now and then. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's beautiful just to see them grow up. And it's another world, really, it is. But what we do is uh, we have them, and then at nighttime, we invite uh, the, the parents to come. And, and so we have a meal together. So Tuesday night is our meal together. And Lois cooks up an absolute storm 
every time. And I just watch. At times, I, I listen to them talking and laughing, and there's lots of laughing, there's lots of eating, there's lots of, uh, there's lots of jokes and all that sort of thing. And I sit back and, and I go, how wonderful is that? I don't have to say too much. I think, look how they're getting along together. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. And at times, one of them can't be there because maybe they're sick or, or you know, they, they weren't able to make it. And, and it's okay, but it's just like something's missing. And so we'll send them a text and, and say, it was great. You know, we had a wonderful time together, but we really, really missed you. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. You know, in a similar way, God looks forward to his family coming together. He says, oh, my family, my sons and daughters are coming. And when one of them is missing, it's a bit like, it's okay, it's okay. But it wasn't the same. You come into God's house, you know what God says, I have so much for you. I have prepared so much for you, so much food for you. I have gifts that I want to give to you. Not kind of gifts like presents. I have a gift of healing that I want to bestow with you. I want a gift of encouragement I want to give to you. A, 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 gift of, a, a gift of mercy that I want to give to you. So much, I have piled them up. I piled them up to give to you. That's why the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm encouraging you. All the more as we see the day approaching. Healthy families eat together. Let's bring back family. Everybody say, let's bring back family. Let's eat together in the house of God. Number four, are you okay? We're doing good? Yeah. All right. Healthy church families forgive each other. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Bearing with, read it with me, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So also you must forgive. You know, healthy families, if they're going to stay together, they, they've got to sort things out. If there's a problem, they sort things out. There's no way a family can function without there being forgiveness because we intentionally or unintentionally offend each other. That's a reality. Now, let's talk about natural family. That's a reality, isn't it? Well, you said, I didn't. I didn't mean that. You know, you've got to sort that thing out. In fact, I love the illustration that was given by Pastor Charles Swindle. I heard it a number of years ago. I think it's very adequate. We are like porcupines. I don't know if you've ever imagined yourself like a porcupine. But we are like porcupines. In the winter. And what porcupines do in the winter is that they need, they need warmth. But, and that's what we do when we need, we, we get a little bit closer to one another. But because we got spikes, well, oh, ah, ugh. And so we move away. But again, because we're made for relationships, we've got to get close again. And then, ah, ah. It happens all the time. We are made for relationships. And I know there's some hurting that takes place just simply because we're, we're rubbing up against one. That's why we've got to extend forgiveness and we've got to extend mercy to others. Because if we don't, let me tell you, if you move away from people, people who move away from others develop neurotic tendencies. 
They go a bit. We need others in our life. Say amen. The two great marks of a family is giving and forgiving. Don't let poison enter into your hearts. Maybe a pastor offended you at some point in time. We're fallible. We don't always get things right. Maybe it was a church leader. Maybe it was a member of, of a church said things, did things to you. You can move out. You can go somewhere else. But you will take that offense with you. Let it go. And let God be your judge. Amen? Amen. Healthy families, forgive one another. Let's bring back family, a place of forgiveness. Here's another one. Healthy church families laugh together. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22 says this. Read it with me. A joyful heart is as good as... I don't know if you've ever noticed when you walk into a healthy, uh, a healthy church family, uh, not even a church family, but a healthy family, especially if they're European or African or whatever, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of hands waving. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of talking and all at once. I was, wa- I was walking my dog this morning and I went around the, the block and there's these two ladies and they're taking up the whole of the footpath. And one of them is waving her hand, talking about... I've got no idea what she was talking She's really getting quite animated. I thought, I don't know. I didn't want to interrupt, so I, I just walked around, you know. I didn't want to get involved. I walked around the block again, and she was still at it. She's still going for it. And it, it's this sense of just being able to express themselves. I tell you this. I love a noisy foyer. I love a noisy cafe. I love those times when, you know, before the pandemic, all that sort of thing. In the foyer, there's a lot of talking. You barely hear it. People are talking to one another because that speaks. That speaks of health. Rather than just coming to the church. And as soon as the church finishes out the door, why don't you spend some time with your brothers and sisters chatting with your church family. They are. They are your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I remember the time that, and I can just even give you a little bit of an exaggeration on this one because Lois is not here. (laughs) But you can tell her. I remember that when Lois and I were going out together that I invited her to a good friend's family and everybody was there. The whole family was there. It It was lunch. It was actually lunch. And uh, some of you may know, Daniel, we're talking about Rocky, Giovanazzo, the Versace family, all that, all that, no, no, the other, whatever, the, yeah. So we went there, and we walked in, and the food was on the table, as I said to you, not just one course, it just kept on coming out, coming out. And then, as we walked in, there was noise, there was all this noise happening. People talking and people laughing and everybody talking at the same time. And my wife turns to me and she said, what's wrong with these people? (laughs) See, she is Australian. (laughs) She's a skippy. The bush kangaroo. She's not here, I can say that, right? (laughs) 
And then on top of that, she's a Queenslander. God, you know, she's got, all right, I love her, I love her. But she had no idea. She'd never experienced it. She said, why are these people talking so loudly? Is something wrong? Are they arguing? I says, no. They're having a great time. They're loving it. The louder it is, the better it is. It's like everybody's, if it's quiet, what's wrong? What is this, a morgue? What is this? What's happening here? And it's like, no, because there's life there. And the fact is, there's emotion, and, and there's, there's laughing, and there's crying, there's passion. There's none of these pretenses. Nobody tries to be pretend it's just the way it is. It comes out the way it is. I like it. I like it. They love together. They love being in each other's presence. Healthy church families love being together. They love being together. Everybody say, bring back family. Number six. Healthy church families are very supportive. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born. For adversity, a brother or sister, your family. You know, there's nothing better than, really is not, maybe that's not the right term, but if you're in crisis, say in the middle of the night one of your children is sick and you've got to take them to the children's hospital, how good it is to ring up your brother, your sister or some friend in the church and say, will you please come over? I've got, we've got to take a little one. We've got to take them to the children's hospital, but we need somebody else to look after the rest of them. Would you come over to our home? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's 3 o'clock. And they go, don't worry. Don't worry. We're there. We'll come. What else do you want? What else do you want? See, that's family. That's family. And, I, and I've been in this church for a number of years, and I've seen it happen. Sometimes a person it, it gets taken to hospital. It's an emergency. Maybe they have a heart attack or something happens, and and because they belong to a life group and because they belong to a, a serving team, all of a sudden all these people start coming together and they're cooking food and they're organizing transport and they're visiting the hospital. And that's even before a pastor gets there. Even before we get there. Because I'm not the only one who cares. It's the family caring for one another. They're doing it, not me. I'm there. I'm part of the whole thing. And I think to myself, wow. Let's bring back family. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, read it with me, rejoice with those who rejoice and, and weep with those who weep. In good times and in bad times, we are family. We are family. And then my last observation, I could be here for a long time, but let me finish with this. Healthy church families stay together. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And I want you to notice something about international families. The children of an international family often like to live very close to mom and dad. This is in generations gone past. If I may make this point, Josie. Went to St. Leonard's, and your father bought a holiday home there. And then some, some other family member across the road, and then another one across the other road, and, and then one down the street. They'd like to live together, close. The Greeks, very much of this way, 
So there's mom and dad. And then you have a, a Rula and Tula and Shula and Sula all next to one another. It's beautiful. I love it. It's great. They love to be together. Now, when you get married, things get complicated because then you've got to find a house smack in the middle between the two parents. Because if one parent is 15 minutes away and the other one is 25 minutes away, what do you get? Oh, you love them more than than you love me, huh? Ah. (laughs) The beautiful thing about this church is that we got people who have only been here two Sundays. And we got people who have been here for decades. And we're still together. You know, when it came to the 70th anniversary, we, we did something we'd never done before. We, we gathered together those who had been in the church for 20 years or more, and we hired out a restaurant. And all these gray hair people, including myself, sat around and, and just telling stories of their journey. And last night I stood up and we, I said this, I said, I thank you that you have stood with us in good times and in tough times. We have family. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you because we haven't always got things right. We're only human, you see. But you have regarded us, you brought us into your world and you've also forgiven each other and and you're here. Thank you. Thank you. We're family. brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's who we are. You're not a congregational member. God is our Father. Jesus is our older brother. We're born again into the family of God. We belong to the household of God. Not a congregation. We call that. But we are family. I've been here for now, as you know, 35. My wife keeps correcting me. Maybe it's 36. Who knows? Maybe I've been here for 75 years. I've got no idea. She was, if she was here, she'd tell me. The beautiful thing about being part of a family is to look around. We are creatures of habit, by the way. We always sit at the same place. I can tell you. I can tell you who sits there. 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 And if you take somebody else's seat, it really upsets you because, you know, you're sitting in my seat. You know, but I understand, we all sit in different places. I look around. And you know what the beautiful thing about family is that I know the stories. And I'm not going to point in any direction because I don't want to do this. But I know there's people in this room. I'll, I'll point over here. I know a couple who couldn't have children. And they came to Lois and I and said, could you please pray for us? And today... They have two beautiful children. Then I, I look in another direction and I see a woman and I know her story was sexually abused. None of you know that. 
my wife and I do. But instead of becoming a victim, she's helping other people. She's been healed of that wound. And I look at her and I, I say, thank God for the healing. The scars have been healed. And then I'll look in another direction and I see a man who went through a horrendous divorce, horrendous, thinking I'll never find happiness again. And I look at them and, and now they've found someone else and they're so happy and they come to me and they walk into the church and these big smiles on their face and I think, look at the grace of God. Families staying together. And then I'll, in different parts of the congregation I see people who've come out of war-torn countries and now they've come to Australia and, and they've got purpose and, and they're living their life it's an honour to see what God does when we stay together when we stay together healthy families stay together and then I'll walk through the foyer like I did this morning and I'll see a woman who many years ago was given a diagnosis of a terminal illness and I see her battle and I see her faith. She should have been long gone but she's alive today. Alive today. family. We've supported her. we prayed for her. We can't fight the battle for her, but we can be there. We can try to lift up her hands in difficult times. Let's bring back family. Everybody say that. Let's bring back family. Bring back family. Bring back family. Because that's who we are. Never forget it. No matter what this world tells you, we are family because we have one God, we have one spirit, we are born again into the family of God and we need to conduct ourselves as the family of God. Will you allow me to pray for you? Everybody stand. Lift up your hands. I sense the presence of God here. There's a spirit that lives inside each one of us. Father, we thank you that you brought us together from all the nations of the world and you brought us into this local church family. Help us, Lord God, to live like your family. Lord, not to become distracted. Lord, to build bonds of love and affection, of care and support and encouragement, to eat together, to laugh together, to, Lord, to be your children. Lord God, we pray that you will unite us like never before as your people, Lord God, that we will bring, be a light to the nations, Lord God, as one. Make us one, Lord. Give us, Lord, your spirit to live out this life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, 
please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.